The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. Uh, Fred, as always, is my trade partner. Uh, I mean, my co-host uh, here, my podcast <laughs> partner. But he's also a trade partner this week. Uh, Fred, let's launch right into it. You and I made a trade in mixed labor. For sure. And I think our trade in mixed labor is a great example of how trades don't always have to be a long, drawn-out, exhausting, contentious process. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, I shot you a DM on Sunday nights and hey, I've got three closers. You have one save. Seems like we're a match. Uh, I could go a couple different routes. I'm using Eric Gonzalez as a corner infielder right now. Now I, I could have waited. Had I known that uh, I was going to get uh, Christian Walker back, maybe I wouldn't have had as much of a, a need for that. But I, I also had like Jed Lowry at my UT. I had I basically I had room for a uh, hitting improvement or starting pitcher improvement. Um and I had three solid closers, too, which is hard to find right now. Kenley Jansen, Emmanuel Classe, and Ian Kennedy. All three of them I feel pretty good about right now. And it was nice just to have that as something to trade from. I was already in first place in saves. Yeah, and, and I was in last and kind of deciding whether I was going to punt saves or not. And I had uh, I have Joey Votto on my bench, and I couldn't get him in, even in a 15-team league. It's just, just the way it works. Like, I've had... a ton of injuries on that team but none of them have been the players that Joey Votto could replace so Freddie Freeman at first Eric Hosmer at corner Fran Mel Reyes at utility so I mean I know the odds are now that one of those three will get hurt this week but so far I'd had a whole I had a bunch of middle infielders outfielders get injured but not any of those first baseman utility guys so um and I this was one where I just decided like I wasn't going to try to fish for like 
like this like buy it low like like deal or anything i was like this is simple i have joey Votto. he's hitting pretty well to start the season the reds are hitting great you're a reds fan let's get joey Votto over to you and i figured ian kennedy would be your least valued of your three closers so i was like i and i didn't even go fishing for one of the other two i was like whatever i'll take ian kennedy and he's pitching well as you said it's still ian kennedy but he's pitching well so we'll just hope yeah. for the best yeah, that's right. And I, you know, the same thing. Like I tweeted out right after, like, hey, Fred and I made this trade. We made it like I I DM you like midnight, Sunday night, yeah. Monday morning, you followed up, like, done. You proposed what I was gonna propose to you. That's funny. Like, oh yeah, well that I guess we're thinking along the same line. It's nice when you don't have to just like, oh, we're you're way off on your valuation. But mm. uh, you know, it, that was great. And so you know, you know, it got it done, got it done before the game started. Steve Gardner approved it right away because he's a very good commissioner and a nice human being too. So we like Steve, uh, but here we, off we go. And you know, it's a, it's your classic win-win. We hope, I mean, I hope, I hope Kennedy's great still. He has been amazing though. So far 16 to zero K to walk uh, velocity is up swing strike rates over 17%. And the best thing I thought that uh, when I tweeted out our trade, we got reactions on both sides saying, Oh, yeah, Kennedy's going to get traded. You're going to he's Fred's going to regret that. Oh, Votto's replacement level corner. You're going to replace you're, you're going to get. I guess that means yeah. we got it right. I think so. I I thought about cuz you were looking for a starting pitcher too. So yeah. I thought about asking for one of your other closers, probably class A and then throwing in like a pitcher and I was like, "Okay, I have like well, I have like the high-end guys who you can't throw in like like Brandon Woodruff and Zach Gallon and things like that. But then I have like, like the Alex Cobbs and Dane Dunnings and Josh Fleming, who we both are kind of interested in guys like that. And I, and then I was like, you know what, that just, it's going to take too long. It's Monday. We got games today. I'll right. just make it a one. I'll just make it a one for one. And you know, and now what I would often do, I've, I often do these, some of these like side podcasts where we talk about trading is if I had a little more time, I probably would have given you like two offers, like the one for one, or would you like Votto and one of these like, four starting pitchers and you give me class a instead but in the end i was like let's just do the one for one i do think there's a decent chance kennedy gets traded at the deadline and ends up working set up on another team it just makes a lot of sense um but you never know maybe he won't maybe maybe they'll keep him and in all honesty if i with where i'm at in saves um i have a i have a feeling i might be running into the rockies closer uh on my roster soon although i've been kind of fishing for saves and i haven't found any so far but my my gut says that daniel bards had his last save chance for a while and i grabbed michael gibbons on sunday night so for a dollar so if i get lucky i can get kennedy and gibbons maybe for we'll see we'll see how long gibbons lasts if he gets a chance and but if i can get kennedy for close to three months good enough yeah uh and that it's kind of like uh the shane green on detroit you know, mm-hmm. he, he got 25, 30 saves. And mm-hmm. yes, it was a compressed period of time. And he didn't get any after. But if he's as good as that, chances are when the Rangers win, they're going to be saves because they're not going to blow people out. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you just never know. Like, like I, I'm happy if Kennedy's still their closer at the end of July and he's up in trade rumors because it means he's yeah. pitching well and he's still the closer. They have no alternatives to him. Uh, you know, maybe, and maybe they'll end up keeping him. Like maybe the offers, he's still Ian Kennedy. Maybe the offers will be so crummy at the deadline as far as prospects that they'll say, you know what, it's not even worth it. Let's just keep him, right. stabilize the bullpen, be less of an embarrassment down the stretch. Um, we'll see. And, uh, but if I get to that far and maybe I can go mining for a Kennedy replacement and stash him on my bench in July. Cause I'll maybe be more interested in that than everybody else in the league. Or let, let, let they, you know, the other alternatives, they trade him to a quasi contending team. Let's just mm-hmm. call them the reds, uh, who don't have yeah. a solid closer, uh, yeah. they, that they're, you know, playing musical closer every single night. 
and just trade for well, Kennedy. It may not cost that much. Help the Reds? How much could he help the Reds right now? No lie. Right? Like, I mean, like how many games have they already zero. blown in that bullpen? Yeah, and he has a sixteen to zero strikeout to walk. Like he he would be he could go in and become, I'm not saying he's their best reliever because I think TJ Antone's their best reliever, but he could go in and be their best one inning reliever right away. Yeah. By the way, uh, check out Rotowire's closing grid right now. Ryan Roof uh, is maintaining that for us and he's been doing a great job. Had him on the podcast a little bit ago, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and you know, he just did an update on that and talked about the Reds today. You know, who, who leads the Reds and saves among their current relievers? Who, who would you bet it is? I'll, I said Doolittle last week. Um, I think I, gotta, it could be, I, gotta, I think it could be Antone, just in like yeah. a variety of appearance, but like with a low amount. Like I among their current relievers, I agree with you that the Reds will be a prime candidate to trade for a closer at the deadline. So if we're talking two and a half months, I could see Antone picking up maybe one save a week. Just right. maybe he gets used twice a week multi-inning, stuff like that, but he finishes off one close game a week. I know it didn't work out the last time, but um, I think it's just bad luck. I could see it maybe being him. I've kind of lost faith. Like I grabbed Doolittle in that Labor League a couple weeks ago. I think I might still have him on my bench, but I'm not really interested. I just don't have enough space to cut him yet. So um, I don't have much faith in the other guys. Do you? I don't. Uh, well, I, I actually... I don't have a lot of faith. I have some faith. Uh, I, I think that there's a chance that Amir Garrett gets it back. Okay. Four, he gave up the homer to Seager, but he's had scoreless outings his other four outings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Sims, I think, has run into some really bad uh, inherited runner luck. Some, some got squeezed on Friday night. Three, twice he uh, got a, had a called third strike to end the game. That was called a ball. If you like, look at – if. If you go to MLB.com, you do like their tracker. You can yeah. see how it shows where the ball is according to the, the little box and all that. And that's not 100% accurate. I get that. But they were they were strikes. And you just didn't want to call called strike three. It was wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, he walked in a run. Then they had to have Antone come in. It, then Antone had his blow up on Sunday. I don't know, man. I'll set a couple of do little stats because I posted the note on him on Rotowire today. Seven of nine inherited runners against Doolittle have scored. And right-handers have an OPS of 1,100 plus against him. Those are two big X's against his chances of closing. It's true. Now, the first one is not necessarily an X because at least when you close, you don't have any inherited runners. You just pitch not nine inning. But not the, always. the OPS, I guess, not always, but the standard closer just starts and finishes the ninth inning. But the, the 1,100 OPS against righties, which actually makes sense with him being a lefty, like that's not going to fly. Isn't it remarkable for you as a Reds fan how last year the Reds had such bad luck hitting like, yeah. like and, and I mean, they were bad last year, but they also had really bad luck. And that's mm-hmm. totally turned around. And the Reds lineup now is producing like we hoped it would produce last year. Like last year, we thought, this is an intriguing lineup. And then they just right. had terrible Babbitt luck all year and couldn't hit. Now they're hitting like crazy. Lead the majors in runs scored. At least they did Monday morning. I think they still do. Um, and now the bullpen seems to have kind of fallen apart and have had a little bit of uh, some bad luck, like some bad pitching, but also some bad luck. So it's just funny how it's rare that all the luck, it never seems to line up all the luck. Maybe that's the Kansas city Royals right now, but the luck never seems to all line up. No, uh, it, in the grand macro scheme of things, it evens out mm-hmm. for our fantasy purposes. Rarely does it even out. That's right. Uh, yeah. uh, and, you know, it's just, and that's just tough. It's mm-hmm. just the way the, the 
the cookie crumbles or other whatever sort of phraseology you want to use there. Um, you made two trades, you know, three trades this week, not just with me, but in Tout Wars, in L Tout Wars, you made two other trades. What were they? Yeah, so in NL Tout, I was in the opposite situation that I was in in labor. In NL Tout, I at the auction grabbed Kenley Jansen for 13, Jake McGee for four, and Stefan Crichton for one. And I was right on all three that all three would be closers, uh, you know, either out of the gate or by May. So you definitely don't need three. You found out you don't need three closers in a mixed. And you definitely don't need three closers in an NL only. A 12 right. NL only, you need one. And uh, I had jumped out to a big lead in saves, especially with McGee getting a lot of saves, beyond just being the closer, having good fortune that way. So um, I decided to kind of look around I feel, I, and just kind of use those guys to deepen my offense. Uh, at least you right. just never know with these guys. The same with Ian Kennedy. Like, like you traded him, and I think like I traded for him, but you for sure sold Kennedy while his value was was up. Hopefully it stays up on for my sake, but it, it may not. So I decided to do the same thing. I decided, I, I felt out people, this is interesting because you like Kenley Jansen. I feel like I um, do. This is my only share is NL tout, but I'm not against him. I kind of marketed him around the league a couple weeks ago to some people who are, our saves are really bunched as you'd imagine in NL only beyond me. And I think Gray Albright's behind me. And then it's pretty bunched after that. Um, anyways, I, I marketed Kenley and people were not having a lot of faith in him. So I I just pivoted and I ended up trading uh, Jake McGee um, and I packaged, this is some creative trading. So I also had Tyler Rogers, who's gotten a couple saves, not really mixed league worthy, but in an NL, you could leave him in just for those times that Gabe Kapler mixes and matches. And I gave up Odebel Herrera, who's starting in center field, but not hitting at all. And a bit of fab. I can't remember what it was, if it was 50 bucks or hundred bucks or something. And I got Mike Yastrzemski. So I, I like Yaz. I think he's uh I decided I couldn't get a hitter, a healthy hitter of his quality for maybe McGee in that package, but I could get an injured one and then just wait it out for a couple of weeks until he came back. So rather than settle for a lesser hitter, I went for a little bit of a better hitter, but one who I'm going to have to eat some IL time and eating IL time, as you know, in an NL only is yeah. basically, it means basically taking zeros. So I made that trade. And then someone who I was talking about Jake McGee with, I had to message and I said, it was Phil Hertz. I was talking, I, I traded the first one was with Lenny Melnick. And then mm -hmm. the, second, the second trade, I've been talking about Jake McGee with Phil Hertz. And then I had to message him and say, sorry, I, I already decided, I already like Lenny made a trade. And that was an overnighter almost like ours where I sent the trade, went to bed, woke up and it had been accepted and uh, in one offer. So anyways, I said to Phil, like, I'd still trade Crichton if you want him. And I traded him for Evan Longoria. So again, See, I no, like your second trade better than your first. Um, you don't, yeah, but then again, I just have to recalibrate for an, for an only. I like yes, but I guess like I guess that's that's just the mindset of you have to get into like in a mixed league. I, I'm thinking in terms yes. of like mixed league value. I'd value Kenley over Yaz straight up, and you had to throw in sweeteners and no, no, Yaz. McGee, I gave McGee for Yaz, so I kept oh, okay. Kenley. I kept oh, Kenley oh. because nobody seemed to I really guess, want to pay for Kenley. So my listening skills really suck today. But, but I do agree that. with you. If we were doing a mixed league draft right now, McGee and Yaz would probably go at similar picks. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. So agree with that. as you know, in the NL or AL leagues, those hitters get pumped up. So for example, Yaz was a $20 pick at the auction and I had him valued at pretty close to $20. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, maybe his values dropped a little bit, but how many closers go for $20, like two, 
right? In your right, in, in right, an right. AL or an NL auction. So it was me trying to add to my hitting depth. So I, I can put Longoria in this week, and then uh, which is good because I have Keston Hero who got sent to the minors, which is terrible. But and then I can hopefully put Yaz in by this weekend or next week. And it's just me trying to de- use those surplus of saves to deepen my batting order. And then mm-hmm. we'll just see from there. And then giving some guys like Phil and Lenny a chance to, we have a bunch of people in the middle for saves, a chance for those two guys to try to push out of that bunch. Yeah. The only thing that stinks for you is you miss out on a course field series for Yaz. Uh, it's not totally. just that he's hurt. It's a course yeah. field that he's yeah. hurt for. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, but you might get he- him back on Friday. Did you activate him for this week? So no, because in tout, you can activate them right one day after they come back off the, uh, I should have activated him. You know what? I wasn't thinking I should have activated. No, I, I think our lineups might've locked before I knew about Hira. I can't remember yesterday. I probably should have activated him for Hira. Um, so I'd have him for his first game back, but I think I can activate him and put Hira on my bench the second day that he's back. Can't, maybe because Hira sent down, you might look into that. See if you can oh, make I might be able to do it now. now. You're right. I might, yeah. that's a good tip. I might be able to do it now and then have him for his first game back. Uh, hopefully later this week, but um, but I've been. It's interesting to try to just figure out how much injured players are worth, right? In these leagues, right. like like how much do you discount? Like like I am eating that time with Yaz, and then there's also the possibility that when he comes back, he's not in sync and fully healthy, and like it takes him maybe a week or two to get back to full strength and really start clicking. And I'm going to eat that, and because it's an NL, I'm going to eat that time with him in my lineup. So I thought about all those things and decided I'd still take him maybe at a bit of a discount. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and I, yeah, I guess that, I think that's about right. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's always interesting to see exactly uh, how everyone rates as far as that goes in trades. It's this, it's start of a trade season. You know, usually that first month people are still feeling themselves out. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, the, you know, I mean, sometimes you go into a draft and you understand that, you know, that, okay, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely short on something. Other times, you kind of like you need to let the standing settle, let the injury settle, the playing time battle settle. Whether you have that closer or not, is Ian Kennedy really the guy? Well, turns out he was really the guy, and there's literally nobody else there that can close for the Rangers. So all of a sudden, that that mm-hmm. that value is stabilized, and you can make that deal. I know you're you're known as a trader. How quickly do you start looking at trades? I'll look at them right away. Uh, like yeah. I trade in, yeah, I trade in the first week if if it's a like a known situation where maybe there's someone I just really want, especially when we leave well, the drafts or the auctions, but when we leave the auctions and maybe there's someone who went for what I felt like was way below value and I just didn't have the ability to add them because they didn't have money left or something like that. I'll go after them right away with the closers. I definitely felt like there had to be a waiting out period because there were so many unsettled bullpens. So I didn't even try to market Jake McGee until this weekend. Um, wow. There, there's so many unsettled bullpens at the beginning of the season that I felt like we, everyone in my league thought they had one or two closers, but, but we knew we didn't like the guy who had Amir Garrett thought he maybe had a closer and the guy who had Lucas Sims thought, yeah. And the guy who had Lucas Sims thought maybe he had a closer and the guy who had Alex Reyes thought he had a closer and the guy who had Jordan Hicks thought he had a closer. So I needed all those situations to kind of play themselves out. And then I knew that if I was right on McGee and if I was right on Crichton and Crichton took a while, once Soria was hurt, I thought there's a window here for Crichton and we'll see if Crichton keeps the job or not. Um, It's not like Evan Longoria was a big return because the Giants kind of, as you probably noticed, the Giants are limiting everybody's playing time. Like I noticed Longoria is not in the lineup for the first game of the double header today. Like, like Gabe Kapler is, I think there might only be, there might be none. A, A week ago, there were only, there was only one, 
giant who qualified for the batting title. And that was Austin Slater. Every other giant had too few plate appearances to qualify for the batting title. So that's part of, of getting someone on the giants right now. And I think that's a big deal in mixed leagues in an NL. I'll just live with it. No, these guys are all trending towards 450 at bats, but man, in a mixed league, I want Yastrzemski. I don't know if there's many other giants that I want more than just like a week here or there. I think belts close to that level. He's been hurt a little banged up. You know, he's banged up to start the season. Crawford's had his injuries. Yeah. Longo. I mean, I think that's more workload maintenance. We'll see. Posey, obviously you get what you get and you're pretty darn happy with what you're getting from him right now. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think they're optimizing those at bats uh, a little bit better than other teams are. They, they actually have real platoons. They're, they're almost weavering here, which I kind of like to see. Yeah, I, I love it. And getting Mike Talkman is was smart, I thought. Oh, and yeah. you know, and I think he went for a little too much in some of some of the NFBC and at leagues on the weekend because I think mm-hmm. people aren't giving enough credit to those platoons and that when you Stremsky's back, it's gonna be a really crowded outfield and Talkman would have to really hit to escape those platoons. But but from a Giants perspective, I think they're doing some really smart stuff and they're winning. So I'm not gonna sit here and complain about them because it doesn't help us in fantasy. You just have to roll with this and assume that most of these players are getting a couple of days off every week. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think you're making some good observations about them. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, George Springer. Let's move on from trades, start talking uh, injuries. Springer, and I know there's other bigger news, but I want to talk Springer in part because we have a listener question on Springer, but also uh, you're the Jays guy. He gets, you know, has the two homer game, but then leaves because he's feeling fatigued. Uh, Sits out yesterday, doesn't even pinch hit. They got Jake Diekman in the ninth against Danny Jansen, against Kevin Biggio, sitting duck, lefty on lefty. Springer's just sitting there on the bench. Trevino's already been used. It's not like they're going to bring in the righty to face him. Doesn't even get the pinch hit appearance there. That's not just rest to me. That means I think something's wrong with him still. What do you think? Yeah, 100%, 100% I do. He's not fully healthy. Like like you said, like if if he was just getting a day off or, or kind of a day off, like you bring him in in that situation, like to help you win a game, like you're in the ninth inning of a one run game, you bring him in in that situation. So he's not completely healthy. Um, it's, it's frustrating. It's disappointing. We've talked about Springer before mm-hmm. on here where like he's someone who's only played more than 140 games once in his career. And so these situations with him seem to be kind of part of the package it's kind of it's and it's disappointing that's happened right off the start of the season but i can see a real situation where it's going to take him maybe a couple weeks before they start using him and and hopefully those couple weeks goes well right so that he so if if it goes poorly he could be back on the il but i i it would depend on my league size in a 15 i'd have to roll out george springer in a 12 this week i think you would have had to have thought twice about it when you saw that he wasn't in the lineup Monday and they weren't, even, they weren't even considering using him in the lineup on Monday. He's going to get another day or two off this week. I think so too. Um, I, I, I am a little bit concerned about this and you know, we say, well, this is what, this is his 20 games. No, it's 20 games now. And he's still on pace to miss 18 more probably if, if all holds true, you know, it's just not, it's not like that, that used up his injury quota. That's not, that's not, unfortunately that's right. how it works. Got a Springer related question. Alfonso asks uh, in trade talks, would you trade Springer Springer for Ian Anderson and Noah Syndergaard? Obviously, it, you know, someone drafted Thor knowing that you're going to get him back later. I don't know if this is a keeper or not, and or for that matter, which side Alfonso is on. Uh, evaluating this trade, what do you think? Springer for Anderson and Thor? 
I think in uh if assuming not keeper, I think I would just stick with Springer and deal with the lumps of the next couple of weeks and hope mm-hmm. that he's awesome after that. Although I'm totally on board with Ian Anderson being a pretty good pitcher, but I think I, I, I don't think Thor moves the needle enough for me. There's just so much unknown there with him that I feel like I'd want Ian Anderson and someone who is more of like a bankable asset for the rest of the mm-hmm. season. What do you think? I mean, I think it all depends on your evaluation of Anderson. It's fair. I mean, you're, t- you're, Put it this way, Springer. If if you're starting the like, if you're if you compare draft value, Springer is obviously worth more than you know than Anderson. But taking in the injury factor, that probably ratchets it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and let's face it, if you've been getting pounded with your uh, your pitching a little bit, maybe that put pushes it a little closer. Uh, you know, Thor is is a wild card. I mean, if you can stash him on IL, it's one thing. If you don't have IL spots, it's another where it makes it a little bit harder because you can't stream pitchers as readily. So I think if you if you have IL spots, you can stash Thor there. Then I think I'd be more inclined to do that. Uh, if you're on the other side, you're trading for Springer. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like it. I think I like it if you're trading for Springer, just in the sense of like, so his 2021, one value is a little shot already. Like we've got zeros mm-hmm. for a month and we'll see how the next couple of weeks goes. That being said, he could, he was a fourth round. I found about a fourth round pick before this injury from May 20th or June 1st or something on, he could perform at that level. And this, right. and the Jays offense still looks like, like, like really good. Like it will, I think it will click at some point and be really good. But Guerrero's done everything that it, people were hoping. Bichette yeah. looks like a stud. You know, they're, Teoscar's finally back. Guriel will, I think, get going. Like, like Springer could be hitting leadoff in, like from June 1st on, he could be hitting leadoff in a lineup that's top two or three in the American League. You know, does Biggio ever get it going? I worry about Biggio and he might be my favorite Blue Jay. I love how he can go from, he hasn't played them well, but I love how he just, you know, with no ego goes from one position to the next from day to day. And, you know, it doesn't, uh, I don't think, I don't know if a lot of major leaguers could do that where, you know, I say he did a great, played a ball great off the wall from left field last night. And like, he's barely been in left field all season and, you know, gets this tough play in left field and throws someone out at second base. And I just love it. But from a fantasy perspective, uh, Rob Silver's been pretty vocal about this on Twitter, and I think Rob's right. Like he's not. Rob's been vocal on Twitter. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, this Rob Silver, right? Yeah. Not, not so Rob. Gibson. Canadian politics have been quiet enough that he's been able to pivot back to baseball yeah. for a while. Um, but anyways. Uh, Bicho is not handling fastballs at all. And that's a big problem yeah. because pitchers can throw fastballs quite easily if you're not going to be able to handle them. But I do mm-hmm. think that Biggio, he's someone who throughout the minors always figured things out. I do think he'll figure things out, but, but I am worried. This isn't someone where I'm just like, Oh, it's a slow start. He'll come around. Like, no, I'm worried. Yeah. Um, if this trade offer was Biggio for those two guys, I would take it in a heartbeat. I trade oh, Biggio for Ian Anderson in a heartbeat for sure. Yeah. Some people like, are talking about dropping Biggio straight up, which I know. obviously I, you're, you're in, that's a mixed format there. But uh, yeah. Anyways, um, you know, it's funny. We're bringing up the, we might as well bring up, well, we got to finish up our Jays talk and then we'll move on to the remaining part of the podcast here too. But uh, uh, Teoscar being back, that's big. That one, I think that's big. That lengthens the lineup a lot. Uh, Gritchick's been good. Gritchick's been really good. Uh, and the thing is, he's kind of got a, you know, remember he was the guy that was getting pushed down in drafts. He's kind of earned that spot now. 
Yeah, just showing how hard it is to predict playing time. Like everybody was kind of hot on Rowdy Telez and looking mm-hmm. at his stats from last year and was like, oh, Rowdy will be, he'll be the extra guy. He'll be the DH. And then in the end, Grichik out hit Telez by a massive amount at the beginning of the season, pushed Telez all the way to the minors. And, uh, you know, and now Grichik seems totally stable. Like they need Grichik's bat in the lineup right now. Even when the Jays, when Springer is in the lineup, I think it'll be. You know, Guriel getting days off. Right. Grichik will get a day off here and there, but they'll they'll find a way to keep Grichik in the lineup most days. Teoscar being back is really good as long as Teoscar is hitting like he did last year. The one thing about him is he's a bit of an all or nothing he is. type guy. So I will just I think there'll be some highs and lows this year, but there'll probably be, should be some times where he's really raking and really makes that lineup dangerous. Yeah, I want to bring up one other uh, slumper brought up in the comments. Uh, Fuse thirteen. Uh, Talk, brought him up is Andrew Vaughn a slap hitter uh and, and then uh, uh Bibat Juice uh says he just cut Vaughn Vaughn's in the lineup today he's batting six uh you know the, the White Sox are down Eloy they're down uh they just lost Luis Robert that's a bad one there hey still have Adam Eaton yay uh but and they just signed Brian Goodwin who knows what how much he's gonna build they cut it in the playing time they might Tony might be forced to play Vaughn a little bit there Vaughn hasn't ha- homered though yet. He hasn't hit for power at all. Are you concerned? Uh, about him as a player? No. About how they use him? Yeah. So I just, LaRusso doesn't seem to want to use him. And when he does use him, he puts him low in the lineup and he inexplicably puts players who aren't very good in front of Vaughn sometimes in the lineup. Um, I said last week when we were recording that I thought maybe they would send him to the minors when the minor league season started and just let him get full time at bats for a couple of weeks and get rolling. They didn't do that or they haven't done it yet. Uh, I still don't, I still think it's a possibility, but I think the Luis Robert injury, like maybe helps him stay, but, mm-hmm. uh, they don't seem like they really want to use him. I don't think he's a slap hitter, but I think you got to either roll with this guy or not. Like either got to put him in the lineup. He's young. Like you got to put him in the lineup six days a week for a couple of weeks and let him get going or put him in triple A and let him do that. And then bring him up when you, when you're ready to play him. But it seems like yeah. they had this, it seems like management had this plan for Vaughn and nobody told LaRusa. Like they told all of us on Twitter, but nobody told LaRusa, who definitely <laughs> doesn't have Twitter. And uh, and I don't know. He doesn't seem I, like he wants to use them. I think LaRusa had this plan for Vaughn and he didn't tell anybody maybe. else, including maybe. Vaughn. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, maybe he told Vaughn himself. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's tough. He, you know, he, he's in the lineup today against the Reds. Uh, who knows if they play and uh, rain's going to be an issue in Cincy, but uh, that, that's something to, to watch for there. I mean, they played in a lot of crappy weather aside from their first road trip on the West coast and, you know, playing every, every other day is tough or play two or three days and then sit, sit a day or two. That can be tough. And it can really be, you know, especially when you're trying to establish yourself at a new position, no less. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense for a player who's so young and, and is so inexperienced, like his no mm-hmm. minor league career really to speak of, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, like play him, play him or put him in triple A and play him and then bring him up in a month or two weeks or whatever. But whenever you have a meeting with LaRusso and you're like, okay, so he's playing every day from now on. Right. And then everybody's on the same page. So, but this Robert injury could be helpful for him, but not if LaRusso's mind's closed to him playing every day, by the way, is yeah. Robert, Robert an automatic drop in all leagues. Unless yeah. you don't have unlimited IL. and Right. That. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we can stipulate to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 12 to 16 weeks without any baseball activity. Say he begins baseball activity in 12 after 12 weeks. It's at the minimum. Well, then you're looking at probably like a September 1st return because you're going to need a month to uh, be able to rehab up a little bit, especially with such a major injury. Uh, 
the one thing talking about Vaughn, talking about, you know, now all these injured guys, minor league season begins today. At least we can have rehab assignments. We don't have alternate training campsite anymore. Uh, no more bureaucracy. We actually have minor leagues. So, uh, yay, mm -hmm. yay us. But uh, we'll, we'll, I think that's going to start changing things. And it might change how teams uh, handle a younger. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed players too i think you know we haven't seen kelnick we haven't i know i use you meant ask robert and i'm kind of launching another stuff but we haven't seen kelnick or wander or a couple other young prospects we might start to see them after the week or two of playing they might push that up pretty pretty quickly i think wander franco sitting in a lot of leagues right now that where he's drafted and dropped say in the nfbc that allows you to pick him up i would if i would pick him up sunday if you want if you want if you want to be in on it at all that's the time to do it because his price is going to go way up in fab otherwise. So uh, just, just a thought there. Uh, before we launch into talk about uh, some other strugglers, some other news items, a uh, quick note from our Blue Wave sponsors. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through June 30th terms and conditions apply. Credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a credit karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. 
No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right. Uh, the Mets, they fired uh, their hitting coaches. Not just one, but two hitting coaches yesterday, Fred. Uh, the Mets are off to a prolific slump uh, with their hitting. Really bad. I mean, it's not even it's not even confined to DeGrom starts. Uh, it's all around. They're really struggling to hit. Uh, Francisco Lindor being the chief guy, hitting 163. You know, he has one homer. He has one double. Uh, weirdly, the ESPN announcers are, are complaining about his 13 walks. I don't see how that's a problem, but <laughs> unless they're saying he's more passive and not hitting the first pitch enough, I guess. But, you know, I, 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 that's not how that's how he plays. He, he's once drawn 70 walks in baseball. That's what that's part of the feature of him is his he, he will take a walk or two. What in your eyes is wrong with Francisco Lindor and what's your reaction to the Mets move? I, so firing both hitting coaches is fine, I guess. It's, I mean, they're not hitting. It's, it's kind of funny. They fired them both. Like they just kind mm-hmm. of were sitting around the office and they thought, I don't know which one of these guys is the problem. Let's just get rid of both of them. But right. I get it. You're going to bring in someone else. Maybe he doesn't want the other guy there. So, um, Lindor is a huge part of the problem. Like he hits second and he plays every game. Like he's so durable. It's one of his best qualities. So uh, he's a huge part of the problem. Like you've got a guy with a sub 500 OPS hitting second. Um, And I have seen some games lately, right? Where the Mets have hit a little bit. I think they got five runs last night. They got some runs Sunday night. Um, Lindor's killing them. Like if he could get anything going, they probably get an extra run or so in each of those games. Um, When you look at his stats, like, I think he's going to come around. I kind of feel like he's the ultimate. Yeah, of course. Buy low. I think he's the ultimate buy low right now. So I, I would buy him low. Except the only two leagues. Oh, I could buy him in friends and family. I can make an offer for him because uh, you have him in all the others. Already, in the, right? all the others, I know. So, yeah. so I'm and I'm not selling low. Like I'm, pay, I'm worried about Kevin Biggio. I'm worried about Keston Hira. I'm only kind of worried about Lindor. It's, it's the contract and maybe like maybe he's just maybe my concern with Lindor is that this unlucky his BABIP's 181 like it's over 100 points lower in his career BABIP if his BABIP was his career BABIP he'd be hitting 260 270 and everything would be fine um his BABIP's just really low where what I do worry about is that this gets into his head like so far his plate discipline's been amazing but we have seen before where guys are really unlucky and then they start pressing and then they start doing things that they wouldn't normally do to press and then they it all falls apart part so i hope he's smart enough to not fall victim to that and just keep doing what he's doing and hope it comes around what would it say if you're looking at trade for him you're your friends and family don't look at who has him right now just okay. in a vacuum who would you offer and think that that's a fair offer okay so if we we're just going to go rounds he was an er, he was a second round pick early early to mid second round pick um i'm gonna say that i might start by offering like sixth fifth sixth round picks and then see where things go from there that's just kind of my guess is like i think his value i'm not saying his going forward value is fifth or sixth round how about this if we were drafting today where would lindor go and stats only count from today forward he's not going in the second round anymore and i don't think he's going to go in the third round i think he's going to go in the fourth or fifth round so this is kind of tougher for me because i wasn't you weren't in on lindor yeah. yeah, I wasn't paying his draft price, but at the same time, there's a price for everyone. I mean, um, okay, so I'm looking at the fourth round hitters. Let's just start there in, in friends and family. So that's a 16 teamer. Uh, Rosa Reina went 4 1. I, I, I think I'd rather take, I'll have Lindor. Lindor. I'll, I'll yeah, take Lindor. 
Real Muto, one catcher league went four two. I think I take Real Muto. Yeah, I might too. Oh, uh, one catcher league. I know I'll take it's Lindor. Close. I'll take Lindor. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair offer right there. Then maybe. Yeah. I mean, the problem is Darno's out, Molina's out. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of catchers are out. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee lost both their catchers. Uh, we our precious Alejandro Kirk got hurt and is going to be out for a while. Though you don't even, it's not on your watch. You're just the advocate for him. Yeah. Uh, Whit Merrifield. You, you know, I'd, I'll I'd rather have. Him. I would too. Yeah. Jose Abreu, kind of a slumper on your team. Oh, totally interesting. Yes. Here we go. He's on. Are you going to offer that? Three or, he's on three or four of my teams. So I would trade Jose Abreu right now for Lindor. Okay. There so you maybe go. There's, there could be one of my options. That's a deal that could get done, I think. Yeah. Although yeah, the circum, you know, Abreu slumped a little bit and his team's circumstances aren't nearly as good as they were earlier because he's lost Eloy and he's lost Robert. Yeah. Uh, I went next, took Aaron Judge at four or five. I would rather have Judge than Lindor. Even I'm with the judge injury. guy, I'll take Lindor. Okay. Springer next. Lindor. <laughs> oh. Lindor. That's a nice little stretch. A brave judge Springer. Yeah. At least Lindor is healthy. I'll take Lindor. Yeah, I would too. Uh, Jordan Alvarez. I'm not a Jordan Alvarez guy, but I have zero and, shares. I, I'll take Lindor. And Yahoo qualifies at outfield, by the way. Okay. I'll still take Lindor. Eugenio Suarez. Lindor. Third and short eligible. Lindor. Lindor. So, easy Lindor. Yeah. All the, uh, Luke Voigt, Pert, man, fourth yeah. round was a bad round for our hitters here. Yeah. Uh, and Car- Carrasco got, is in this round too. Javi Baez, I'd rather have Lindor. Lindor. Alonzo at 416. Peter, Lindor. Peter Alonzo. Yeah, yeah, I'll take Lindor. So back I think Lindor the- almost over all those except for Whit Merrifield. And I think I'm, maybe I have some uh, bias because I'm the one that drafted Judge. I don't know. Right. Uh, Judge. Um, may, what about late third? Are some of those guys? If you let's, haven't left, let's keep that going page. backwards here. Nolan yeah. Arenado at three fifteen. I'm just looking at hitters, by the way. I'll take Lind. I'll. I'm not an Arenado guy. I'll take Lindor. Starling Marte's hurt. You'll take yep. Lindor. Ozzy Albie's three thirteen. Oh, there's that's a really good. Oh, wait, one. that's I'll, you. You'll take Albie's. Uh, I'll, take I'll, Albies. Take Albies. I'll take Albie's. I'll take Albie's. Yeah. So I would. Uh, so there's my dividing line. I would not offer my third round Albie's. I would offer my fourth round Abreu. That's where I think that if we were drafting now, Lindor would go is like right around yeah. that three, four turn, maybe fourth round, something like that. So yeah. It, the other one would be that if you took, I don't have a name popping into my head right now, but if you took someone even in like the eighth or ninth round, who's off to a great start, I, yeah. I don't, like I said, I can't, no one's just totally popping into my head right now, but someone mm-hmm. like that, who you're like, Oh, I, that uh, offering this guy for Lindor on April 1st would have been insulting. But now my guy's one of the leaders in, right. in you know, in RBIs right. and things like that. Then I think I think that's another really interesting offer. It is. It yeah. is. Uh, and, you know, is that a change of skill or is that, uh, you know, just right. a change of value? Or just a hot month. Like if you have someone who's, like I say, like a, like you're not going to offer like Jesus Aguilar or Nate Lowe or one of these guys for Francisco or that's insulting. But if you have, uh, yeah, it, oh, there's, there's a question in the chat, Byron Buxton for Lindor. Yeah, two guys at the same time, by the way. That's like yeah. sharing a brain. What do, Both. what do you think? Who did you want for the rest of the year? Oh, man. Uh, recency bias is just like pounding my head oh. right now. But I know. I think Lindor. I think me, I think that's because too, of the, clearly, that's a the, tough one. the inherent injury risk with Buxton makes it that way. But I know. Otani's another interesting name there, too. 
you know, yeah. is it depends on the form. No, yeah. I, I would I would say Otani, even Otani the hitter straight up for Lindor is a very interesting offer. Yeah, I, I, I'll take Lindor over all these guys. But again, I'm the guy who drafts Lindor in the first place. I think at mm-hmm. some point he'll get some better luck. Things will calm down. Everyone will get off his back. And then I think sometime this summer he'll quietly put together a couple months where, you know, where we get five homers and four steals in each month. Something like that. Like a really a couple really right. nice months. I don't, I don't think he's going to have like a nine homer, eight steal month or something memorable. But I think he'd go back to being what we expected him to be. Yeah, and there there's a... You know, there's a holder's bias there too when you draft someone like yep. that. But, uh, but you know, people don't remember that the Mets were a top five offense last year. Uh, if you look at yes. all the advanced metrics, they you know were right up there. And this, and then they added Lindor. They added you know what they thought was an improvement at catcher and uh, McCann over Ramos. So that hasn't necessarily worked out that way. I mean, it's been kind of a stuck in the muck sort of year from. And again, the weather has been terrible on the yep. East Coast. It's going to get better. Uh, I, things are going to get better there. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I might even trade judge for Lindor if that were the case. Uh, watch me get an offer on that later. <laughs> yeah. That'd that. be tar- no, hard now, but, but you're right. It's not just Lindor. Like Jeff McNeil's off to a bit of a slow start. Dom Smith's mm-hmm. off to a slow start. So, um, I think the whole thing will turn down, turn around, but it would, he needs to be the catalyst almost to turn it around just because of the lineup spot. And I don't think they should move him. Like he's one of their best. He's, maybe their best player. They just paid him like $300 million. You can't move him out of the two hole in a month. You can move him out of the two hole if you want to put him clean up or something. But you can't, I don't think you drop Lindor down to seventh or something to try to take the pressure off or something. I think. Oh, I agree. Just leave him. So fire pitching, fire hitting coach instead, because it's his fault that Lindor is not hitting. That's right. Uh, And all the players are upset by the way, too. So maybe they just wanted to get him mad. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'd argue, uh, I'm looking at friends and family. I was thinking, well, change, you know, judge for a short, upgrade at shortstop. It seems great. Well, I look, I have Marcus Semien at shortstop. I mean, I, 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 meanwhile, I'm starting Clint Frazier, Brad Miller, and Mike Talkman in the outfield along with judge. What, what position is the short, the scarce one now? I know. I mean, I got shortstop. Yaz hurt, Santander hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been using Sh- Sam Haggerty. I mean, Maybe I should have drafted more depth in the outfield is the real answer here. But my gosh, outfield is pretty thin. Yeah. You and Scott often talk about that. I, th- I find on Monday or Sunday night, Monday morning, yeah. that outfield is really thin. And it is like I am in all my leagues struggling to find outfielders. One thing I have in that friends and family is a lot of hitting depth. And I actually mm-hmm. don't have pitchers on my bench as much as I normally would because I have found this hitting depth and I don't want to get rid of it. Like, cause I know I have, I have Austin. I have a bunch of outfielders on my bench. I have Austin Hayes, who I grabbed when he was hurt. I have Alex Kirilov, who I grabbed a few days before they called. Boy, him he's up. heating up by the way. Yeah. He, he was heating up on my bench, unfortunately for a few oh, of those no. big performances, but, um, but, but it's because I have some extra outfielders. So uh, I finally made the switch and bench Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, who's another so guy. The Phillies. So, yeah, so that's the good Phillies. timing. So uh, Boy, but, it, terrible. Exactly. But, but there's no outfield depth out there. I could probably trade McCutcheon for something right now, yeah. something useful. Like he's still, he still probably works his way back into a starting job. So. And then yeah. I made this point on the XM show today, but I was stoked that Tim Schuler and I were able to pick up uh, Harrison Bader uh, for, mm-hmm. in one of our main event leagues this week. Uh, you know, it's hard. he's going to play at least five days a week, maybe all seven, mm-hmm. you know, because he's a good, he's good in defense, yeah. some power, some speed. And when the league is hitting 233, who cares if he's a batting average risk? You know, it's the Tyler O'Neill approach. You know, you just, you hope for that combo. And if he doesn't hurt you in batting average, all the better. 
Yeah, I to- totally. It's it, you have to get used to looking at these players, especially in those 15s, like when you're doing your NFBC bids on Sunday, with pulling up player after player and seeing 205, 213, 197, and remembering that it's small sample size and a league wide low batting average. And seeing those numbers is almost like when you used to see 230 or 225, now you see 200. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think with that outfielder, uh, the lack of outfielders, the guy who really drove that home with me was, uh, Jonathan, uh, Daza from the Rockies. Uh, he has zero walks this year. He has one home run, zero steals, and people were rushing out in NFBC a couple weeks ago to bid like right. decent amounts for him more than I'd say more than 50 and once in a while, maybe more than hundred, but people were rushing out to give serious bids. And I know he's on the Rockies and we love that when he's at home, but this is a guy with a 638 OPS and but it's people just needing someone in their outfield and seeing Rockies and thinking, well, maybe there's some potential there. Yeah, that's right. Um, there are, uh, I'm looking at uh, the uh, NFBC main event standings right now. And there are, how many teams are in the main? There are 645 teams in the main. So like roughly 320 in, in batting average. I want to kind of see, take it's a look middle, at that. Yeah. See what the middle is in, in yeah. batting average. And I guarantee you, it's like it, it, it's not great. Um, it, it, it's got to be in the two fifties, would be my guess. Like so, I was guess, I was going to guess lower. I yeah. was going to guess two forties. Yeah, uh, it is roughly. Uh, sorry, uh, this is something I should probably have looked up ahead of time <laughs> here, but sometimes these conversations flow. Yes, they Just do. Two forty four. There it is. Yeah. Is fantasy league average that's mm-hmm. crazy because you're skimming off the top i know uh, it's really wild to me so anyway so i thought that was kind of fun there um yeah talking about harrison bader uh bib app juice uh, mentions this he goes the uh this is something that was going around by uh rasball was forwarding this around uh the bader pokemon story and notes floating around today is pretty amazing that uh, so he's in, he was trying to sell Pokemon, but then he revealed to this guy he was dealing with this thing with the, he had polyps in his nose, and that's why he's having bad seasons the last couple of years. So who knew? Who knew? Harrison Bader. Who knew? Uh, little bit yeah. of stuff the, all the thing, all the research we do, and there's things we just will never know. You'll never know that you'll, until they you want know. you to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's not even a matter of like you know reporting being in the clubhouse. That's like something that's personal in nature. You know, you, you could. You could spend have a report in the clubhouse every day, and you might not have known that. Although yeah. maybe you would have, maybe just hit, hanging around here and I'm talk about it, that might actually change things a little bit. But with these Zoom calls, you're definitely not going to hear it. Uh, talking about outfielders, now let's talk about somebody good. Cedric Mullins says hot start sustainable. You asked three home, uh, three hits, another homer last night. I have him on one out of seventeen leagues, Fred, and I was just like hand waving him away. It's like, oh, he's not going to, you know. They're not going to sit Austin Hayes for him. Well, no, they're not. But the, you know, turns out there's other places for him to play too. Uh, Mullins is looks like he's in for the long haul. Yeah, he, I, I mean, some things are a little elevated. Like in a league where the BABIP keeps going down and down, his is 384 this year. Right. Uh, he is a speedy player, mm-hmm. um, but you know, so that so that's like like some regressions coming for him. But if he can stay hitting leadoff, if he can hit 270, even like he did last year, uh, mix in a bit of speed, 
Uh, he's mm -hmm. only got two steals so far. I think he can do a lot better than that, actually, yeah. going at, at a pace going forward. Uh, he's not striking out too much. It, the power is up a little bit this year. Uh, it, he's a good example of, like you said, like we were a little worried about playing time because they had, you know, um, Mancini and Mountcastle and him and Hayes and DJ Stewart. In the end, like if you see talent and I'm not saying we necessarily totally saw this with Mullins, but if you see talent, just go for it because Hayes has already been hurt and Stewart's already been hurt at times and Mountcastle can't hit right now. And like, th like there's opportunity. And I feel like that's the same on basically it's like we talked about with Randall Gritchick. Like if, if a player can hit, if you think a player can hit, just grab them and just assume that injuries and uh, slumps will just allow him to get in the lineup. And even absent that, like, the mixing and matching, days off, load management, um, these are all these are all things that uh, that kind of tend to work out. Yeah. Um, with Mullen specifically, walk rate the last two years was around five percent. It's up to eight point seven this year. As a speedy guy, we like that. Yeah. K's dropped from twenty four to nineteen percent. Uh, the heart, the ISO is. This is where he's hitting the ball a lot harder this year. He's hit. He's He's getting a lot more bang for his buck. His ISO is 220 this year. It was 136 last year, 0.62 the year before, you know, 0.62 the year before. Hat tip to Justin Mason, by the way. He was touting Mullins all throughout draft season and landed him elsewhere there. So, yeah, when, a, when an industry colleague nails a guy like that and he's, uh, he's on Mullins Island, you got to give him credit. So, kudos, Justin, on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm persuaded. I mean, he, he's not going to hit 330 the rest of the year, but he's going to play the rest of the year. He's earned himself yep. that playing time. Yeah, he's going to play. Um, he's not going to hit 330. I think his power is actually also going to go down. I mean, it's great that he's hitting sure. the ball, ball harder right now. One thing just the scout in me says that Mullins is 5'8", so I just – not a lot of players at 5'8 can maintain power like the way he has so far. Like, he's on kind of like a 25 homer pace. I don't see that happening, I think. But I think from this point forward, if he could play on a – 15 homer pace that would be fine just from like for like from this point forward and um but i think his steals could actually come up a bit as the power dries up i could see him stealing bases at a slightly higher rate and if mullins had two fewer homers but two more steals and everything else was the same right now you'd be just as interested in him with the scarcity of steals so yeah i think he's someone who's rosterable in every league even the 10 teams right now and i but i could see if he slows down being not a not a guy you want in your 10 team lineup but still a guy i think he'll be a 12 team guy like the rest of the way yeah i think you're right uh, i want to talk some pitching uh and then we'll finish the couple of questions uh but before that a quick note on moon baseball road trips the complete guide to all the ballparks with beer bites and sites nearby arriving just in time for the 2021 season this brand new moon travel guides book is the ultimate guide to baseball this book is as much as a travel guide as it is into the a dive into the classic American road trip, vibrant fan communities, baseball history, and of course, the 30 incredible MLB cities. Seven road trip routes with detailed itineraries. It's organized by region, so you can drive through a uh, loop through the Midwest, cruise along the West Coast, or hit the ballparks from Boston to DC. There's insider advice for visiting each ballpark, so not just how to catch a game, but tips on, how, on snagging tickets, securing the best seats. And the insider scoop on the best bars and restaurants nearby. This insider scoop comes from author and lifelong baseball fan Timothy Malcolm. He served as a senior writer and editor at Phillies Nation, written stories for the Hardball Times, and has been featured on Mets blogs uh, and, and Yahoo's Big League Stew. He's also hosted two baseball podcasts himself, including the Phillies Nation podcast. 
To write this book, Tim hit the road and explored everything from Boston to Seattle to Phoenix and the Bay, bringing the experience of the game to readers across the world. For the ultimate baseball experience this summer, order your copy of Moon Baseball Road Trips, available at online retailers, your local bookstore, or at www.moon.com. And I want to go on a baseball road trip. This would be pretty awesome. Uh, I wonder if he has tips to Dunedin for you, Fred. Yeah, I well, the first tip for me getting to Dunedin would be to somehow sneak through the border. So yes, uh, the way things are right now. So well, you can I, come I'm in. Not, you just can't come back home. That's true. I think don't don't do I have to quarantine when I come in? I think I do. Oh, it's Florida. I think. It's Florida. I don't you probably don't have to. Oh, do it's anything. probably you're right. It's Florida. What am I thinking? I don't know. Yeah. That's that's gratuitous. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at any anyhow, um, you may not. I I don't know how it works because I have not attempted to. But uh, we'll see. Uh, let's talk a little pitching. Tyler Anderson was awesome last night. Took a no hitter in, into the, I think into the seventh. Unfortunately, he also had, he, he got the Jacob, uh, DeGrom run support package and got nothing and liked it to show for it. But he's been pretty good this year. He's been missing some bats. Uh, he's got 31 strikeouts and 33 innings uh, after yesterday's outing at 324 ERA, 114 whip. Um, there's some things to like about him. Did you use him in any two steps? I haven't been tout NL. Um, I don't know if I used him anywhere else. Uh, I think he's a fringe guy though in mixed leagues now. Him being on the Pirates is, makes him a little less appealing. But uh, yeah, really great strikeout to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's a fringe guy, like just a streamer. You could have used him this week. The Padres start scared me a little bit. Just the way things work, that start will be better than the one on the weekend. Just wait and see. But mm-hmm. that seems to often be the way it goes. But I, right. I think he's a matchups guy from one week to the next. By the way, speaking of, you mentioned DeGrom and the run support. So DeGrom has been, breaking news, DeGrom has been scratched tonight. Oh, no. Yeah, side that, that tightness. That is big breaking news. Side tightness. DeGrom scratched Kevin Gossman on the IL. Injuries in baseball never stop. Oh, no yeah. reason on Gossman. Um, so there is that, Ugh. yeah, but go by side tightness. I think with DeGrom is not a big deal. Like I, I could see that either being like just push back or miss a start or something like that. But, uh, this is something I think with DeGrom that like, I felt like early in draft season, people with DeGrom, he was kind of going like seventh, eighth kind of with Cole and Beaver. And we were discussing who you like best. And then DeGrom started throwing a hundred in spring training and everybody, just pushed him, which is fine. Uh, like up right. to the top first round, like he certainly has been better than advertised, but there, there have been some for a guy who's made a lot of starts in the last few years. There sometimes are these little nagging things with him. So I'm not going to like lose my head over this. I don't even know if he'll go on the IL. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts in two or three days. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, those high velocity guys, you always get scared anytime they get scratched, but you know, DeGrom's good for like one scratch a year. It yes, seems like we all freak out. Yeah. Um, and then he's fine. So we'll but see. But then he makes the starts. That's right. 12 starts last year, 32, 32, and 31 the previous three years. So yeah. like you said, like maybe like one scratch or one pushback and then he's fine. So I'm going to treat it like that for now. Yeah, uh, I am too. Um, let's, you know, the other thing too is uh, with Gossman, by the way, Andrew Baggerly says that it's no reason, but uh, likely temporary and vaccine related. Okay. He wasn't going to pitch in Coors Field anyhow. So no harm done. As yeah. far as that goes, uh, so we'll, we'll see about that one there. But yeah, you never like you don't like seeing it, but it seems like you know because sometimes you think it's short term, and then it, you get mm-hmm. Corbin Burns who missed a start on Sunday. We still don't really know much about Corbin Burns. No, no. 
No, no. Did you don't. leave them active? And you, did you have them anywhere? Unfortunately, I have no burns, so I did not get yeah. burned. But I would actually be happy to get burned because that would have mean I would have got burns throughout April. So, yeah, absolutely. But I think I would have left them active. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, did you? Yeah, I, I I tweeted this out. I wrote about it. I am opening myself up to the gombering this week with not one but two streamers, Nick Pavetta tonight and Martin Perez tomorrow. I have a lot of those I, I in leagues where I didn't get McClanahan or Lynch, I got Pavetta or like the ultimate booby prize in Martin Perez. I I grabbed Martin Perez in one league, I think mm -hmm. maybe two. I was a little more, I partnered with Jeff Zimmerman on a lot of those NFPCs. He was not right. as hot on Perez as I was. I see the Tigers numbers against lefties this year. And I know you tweeted out like here, basically like here's, here's your, your Tigers primer for the week and Tigers, I uh, tweeted out the six pitchers who were scheduled to face them this week. Out of all yep. of them, Perez was the one I was interested in the most because he's a lefty and they've been, the Tigers have been anemic, but especially against lefties. So uh, I think, I don't think you'll get burned on Perez. I think that's totally fine. And I think you'll be fine with Pavetta too. I, I don't see how in the 15 team leagues, like how do you not stream against the Tigers right now? I, I think agree. Anyone who you think will throw five. That That's the only concern with maybe Perez is he has a couple starts this year under five, but those starts weren't against the Tigers. So I think you stream almost, almost anyone. I maybe not like a minor league call up type guy or a guy who, you know, on a pitch count, he's only throwing 60 pitches or something, but anyone else, I think I would stream against the Tigers until they start to get their act together. And who knows when that'll happen. Cause the lineup isn't good. It doesn't even look good. Like it's not no. good on paper. No, I, I agree. Uh, and if they won't always be this bad, I just remember last year I have nightmares of Randy Dobnik. Being great, great. Oh, Tigers. Yay. And yeah. like three times the Tigers yeah. got to him. I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Now Randy Dominic's in the minors. I, I mean, it's uh, all that it's that whole process thing, right? Sometimes you do everything yeah. right and you get burned. And the Gomber thing was a little sketchy because his his walks are really high this year. And Joe Ross, you know, we had some trepidation about. But if you get burned on Pavetta or Perez this week, it's just bad luck. Like the process there is is totally good. Yep. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I did end up with a lot of Shane McClanahan. Now his starts aren't as yeah. strong. Uh, I mean, his, his matchups aren't as strong, but man, he's a fun pitcher. I'm, I, yeah. I'm, I want, I made it a priority to get him because I think he's more than a streamer. That's what it is, right? Like you're, you're getting him for this week, but you're not like you're getting him. Right. I think he's someone who, even if they optioned for a week, you would hold him. Like just if they are just playing games of service time or whatever the right. Rays are doing, cause the Rays are just wacky. <laughs> like if he goes down right. for a week here and there, you hold him because he looks really good. He looks like someone who they just can't deny having like on their pitching staff. So I think you just get him, and it's almost like Michael Kopech with the white Sox. like it looks right. really good. So you don't know if he's going to be long relief or starter or whatever. You just get him and hope and hope for the best. So I think getting him is good. And this week will be the, that last week was the McClanahan Palooza. This week will be the, the Lynch Palooza from the Royals. Uh, that was my next guy on my list to, to bring up. And, yeah. uh, but one more thing on McClanahan is like, if they do have like one of those weird five game weeks, you know, they'll send them down for that. Yeah. Um, yep. keep everybody on schedule and all how that goes. But fortunately that's not on the horizon the next two weeks at least. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in on him. I did get uh, Daniel Lynch in AL Tout Wars. He was my second priority behind McClanahan. Got outbid for him there. Uh, Lynch, his command wasn't good last night. Mm -hmm. uh, he, I think he walked three or four, four and four, four. four and four, two thirds. Especially early on, it felt like he was kind of 
trying to feel it out a little bit. That first inning, he was he he was kind of nibbling and giving up some rocket outs. He settled in after that, I thought. And then the fifth inning happened, and they get that double play ball. You know, he get he escapes with he gets the full five in and doesn't give up all three runs. But that's you know, if is doing a lot of work there too. You know, it's like you put yeah. those guys on in the first place. Uh, nonetheless, I was reasonably encouraged with this start. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I think the control. We'll see if he makes a second start this week before Sunday's Fab Run. We'll see like what his control looks like in that start. I think I think that second start would decide whether you know mm-hmm. he goes for 120 or 150 or whether he goes for 50 or 40 or something like that. Right. But but like you said, like he walked two in the first inning. He balked in the second inning. Like he he just had maybe the the look of someone who was a little nervous, uh, yep. and then and then he settled in after that. So I think. Yeah, I think if you believe in his talent and things are going well for the Royals, they're in a division without a lot of great lineups. And I, I think he's he's totally worth an ad right now, whether uh, whether he's worth like a big bid or not. I think I think maybe not. I, I'm not typically a guy who makes like triple digit bids on starting pitchers. It's, sure. It has to be look like they have to look like really, really like a lock to me to be good, um, like for like these pitching prospects. So. I, I probably won't get him if he if he does really well on 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 the weekend, but yeah, I think I think he looks like a keeper. I would rather have McClanahan right now. Yeah, I think I would too. Um, uh, I, I th- and I think I like I my range of prices on McClanahan was like from fifty seven to one seventeen. I think was the range I was bidding on uh, with Lynch. I think I got him for fifty three and Tout. I think I'll probably stick around that. Without yeah. broadcasting the league, exactly what I'm going to do, but uh, not yeah, not that my league mates are uh, asking for insight from me. They have their own plans, but uh, you know, anyways, I, I, I we'll see. I mean, he gets the White Sox at home, and then next week he gets the White Sox on the road. Normally, I'd be like, ah, not good, but no Eloy, no, yeah, no Robert, and Abreu hasn't been Abreu yet. But I mean, that could change in a hurry. Tim Anderson's still crushing. Abreu does have two two grand slams uh, already, but yeah. they. They're not the same lineup that we were afraid of at the beginning of the year. They're just, we're semi afraid of them still, especially right. in KC. I'm not as afraid. Let's put it that way. That's right. I mean, if you, if you were going to settle on a $50 ish bid for Lynch, you can basically just watch his start on the weekend and decide whether you're going to get him or not. If he, if he walks four again on the weekend, your $50 bid will probably work. If he walks zero, if he throws six shutout or something, you're not getting him for $50, but you can do the Fred Zinke price and force, like finish second plan. And you'll get, if you do that in five leagues, you'll get him in one. Act now. Operators are standing yeah, by. Totally. So I did it with Garrett, Garrett Richards on Sunday. I think I, I, I probably spent 25 on him in every league. And I think I got him in two. So uh, okay. You know, I, I was I was interested in Garrett Richards after the seventeen to one strikeout to walk last week, uh, but not. But it's still like Garrett Richards, and he started the season really poorly. I wasn't bidding a ton, but I did the just price and force and see where you get him kind of thing. My shoulder hurt just mentioning his name, but oh yeah. wait, that's because I got the the injection there. But that's <laughs> yeah, um, uh, good question here. Uh, who's the next call up uh, call up starter after McClanahan? I think it's Logan Gilbert uh, on the Mariners. Uh, I think that'll be a couple of weeks away. They they already had one starter go down. I mean, Marge Vicious is terrible. I think there, there's some room there. The, the only thing I don't like is they they're committed to the six man rotation, which you know automatically yeah. kind of limits his value. Nate, uh, Nate Pearson is another one to think yes. about. I know he's been up, but barely. And the Jays isn't he starting today? 
I think he is. Yeah. So the Jays have sent him down because they Mm -hmm. want him to work on a few things, which is a little concerning because they are desperate for starting pitching right now to fill that rotation and they didn't use them. But at the same time, like we know how talented Pearson is. And I think a couple little tweaks in the minors and he could be up in a couple of weeks. Conspiracy theory here is, you know, he has options available. It's better. It's the same thing as a rehab start, but they don't have to pay a major league salary for it. Yeah. It, it's, it's, and it doesn't it's start totally a clock possible. either. They it's can totally use them. possible. Yeah. If it doesn't go well, they're not like committed to saying, okay, we need to call you up within 30 days or three weeks or 21 days, whatever it is. I forget the exact time. I should know that, but from the time you start your rehab assignment now, granted they could option them after the rehab assignment. It's really kind of mm-hmm. quickly, but yeah, point it, is, it seems like there are legit things they want him to work on. This isn't just mm-hmm. about building back up. Um, you know, they're starting Anthony K tonight, and I don't think they have that much faith that Anthony K is going to do great tonight. So they would have been happy to start Pearson, I think, if they thought Pearson was ready. But I think there are some mechanical things they want him to work on. That's why I could see maybe Logan Gilbert coming first, but I think it'll probably be close. Yeah, one more uh, question to finish up the show. Jeff asked this earlier, Jeff Whitley, or Whitley. I'm not sure which how to pronounce it, but uh, there you can see it in front of you. Trade offer, my glass now and Gavin Lux for his Mookie bets. What do you think? I'll take bets Same. for sure. Yeah, like Same. not like to me, not even close. I would just like Glass now has been awesome, and he could be awesome all year. But there's so many things that could go wrong with Glass now, just injury wise and innings limits or anything. Like it's Mookie bets. Like I would want uh, if I was getting if I was giving up bets, I would take Glass now. I would want a more reliable higher end second piece than Gavin Lux. Uh, I'd agree with that. Although yeah. Lux seems to be hitting a little bit, had a couple hits yeah. today in the first game of the doubleheader against the Cubs. Yeah. Um, Want to throw this out here to you guys. Thank you so much for listening and uh, appreciate you guys uh, that are interacting with us on the stream. It's really cool to see that. Uh, Do us a favor, though. Uh, Hit that like button uh, if you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on uh, uh, and however you're streaming um, on Periscope or on on Facebook. Uh, And if you're listening to the podcast later, please subscribe like that as well. We do appreciate that. And give us feedback. We, We do appreciate those reviews. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Unless it's me talking about the Reds. I, I don't want to hear that. But no, uh, uh, you want to hear more Jays talk? We got you covered. We we, we live to serve Canada, so we'll do that. Hey, May, minor league season starts tonight. We got the uh, prospect podcast with Clay and James tomorrow. I'm, I'm sure they're super pumped about that, so please tune in tomorrow. Uh, and I'll be back again on Thursday with uh, Brockness Monster is going to join me here, talk a little about what he's doing at Fade the Noise. We're going to talk a lot of DFS with him. Uh, and who knows, a lot of probably California baseball too. So tune in for that. Um, and again, thank you guys for listening today. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.